0: Welcome to the show. I'm James. I'm David. And I'm Bell. <laughs> I thought you Anyways, we'll laugh. We'll argue. We might get a little too into it, but at the end of the day they're just movies. Spoiler alert, man. That's just your opinion, David. Next week we're doing Mission Impossible 4. <laughs> Woo! We're getting into the realm of, you know what? Screw it. Favorite movies only. Let's David go. loves Mission Impossible. I yeah, really do. Special 4, five, 6. Today, though... It's the Big Lebowski. I didn't even say it. We're doing the Big Lebowski. Big
1: Woo! Lebowski. All the Lebowskis. David, give us your rating out of 10. The Big Lebowski is a delightfully absurd anti-movie that will leave you with the delicious chilled out taste of coffee, cream, and vodka on your tongue and a lingering desire to watch it again in your mind. 8.3 out of 10. I love this movie the more I watch it. The first time I watch it, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then you watch it again and you think about it and then you watch it again and like all the jokes start to seep into your brain. And I just, I just fucking love it. Nice. I think some would say only an 8.3. That's true. I think so. I feel like I have a hard time. I don't emotionally connect with the movie. Mm-hmm. I think intellectually on a level of humor on an absurd level, I really enjoy it, but I'm not like moved. Yeah. yeah. Sure enough.
2: Bell. Uh, this was a weird one to write a slogan for. So sorry if it's bad, but Bob's burgers, the Simpsons, sex in the city, <laughs> the big Lebowski. What do these have in common? They're all sitcoms. I like got movie. Wait, The Big Lebowski is not a TV show with a long established universe for a movie with a story that has almost zero actual story. It's somehow great and makes a lasting impression by being unabashedly itself, even without any exposition. But that's uh just like my opinion, man.
1: <laughs> Whoa. You eight point th- six out of ten. Eight you,
2: point six? You threw me through such a loop there.
0: I was like, is he? Does is, is he want to do an edit? Did he screw up there? Wow. Oh uh, no. Uh, in the game. part of the plan
2: It is, uh, yeah, it's pretty good I like it a lot I'd put it in the ranks of like Hot Rod and Anchorman For like lasting cultural impact On a certain generation I just don't know if I it. The story is good It's just really fun to watch It's very absurd, yeah we Oh, can talk that's about such it. a weird comparison You just true. Anyways, uh, <laughs>
0: my slogan's <laughs> a cop-out This movie is like Pulp Fiction for Riley's <laughs> <laughs> basically i was just like this is similar to pulp fiction in some ways like in its era and aesthetic and setting but it's like it's not west anderson but it has the elements of west anderson that i think appeal to riley so i mean that's why i thought that anyways fair enough the stupid slogan nine out of ten i think it's a dope movie it's sick and i think it, it's deserved it of its cult status I I said last episode that I was going to find out why people like it because I had watched it before. Maybe never to the end. Maybe I fell asleep every time or something. But Mm. I on this watch, I was definitely enhanced and definitely was like, I get it. Yeah, this movie rules. (laughs) There's (laughs) some
1: amazing (laughs) jokes just nonstop. And like they're so layered in there. Like one scene will have like Seven different layers of joke, and they'll just kind of like slowly release each time you watch it. This movie's <laughs>
0: some of them are so fast,
1: so, so fast good. and subtle.
0: Like, they're talking about it's just like a complete tangent where they're talking about how the father of the kid who stole the car is this writer who wrote the best seasons of this show. Oh, yeah, and they, they just start like singing this guy's praises and then just end, end that whole tangent with uh, and yet his kids are fucking dense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, some of the I think some of the best characters ever. But we'll talk about that after we do some of the best sponsor reads. That's right. Thanks to Storyblocks for sponsoring today's
0: show. Ever need a quick clip for a video but didn't have the capacity to make it yourself? Storyblocks helps you bring your stories to life without sacrifice due to time, budget, or resources. There's over a million royalty-free assets for you to choose from, including 4K HD footage, Adobe templates, music, images, and a wide array of diverse and inclusive content. There are subscriptions for everybody budget so you can choose the plan that works for you from their unlimited all access plan that gives you unlimited all access to video and audio downloads to enterprise licensing so your entire company has access to assets as you need them we use storyblocks at the line of tech tips so we don't always have the time to go out and get the perfect b-roll shot and it's also raining and dark here so uh, we use them all the time and it takes our videos to the next level and it can take your videos to the next level too so check out storyblocks today at storyblocks.com tjm our next partner what Who wrote this? Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG-1 because I wanted better gut health without having to take pills slash vitamins. Are you <laughs> this, using it every day? This is for Athletic Greens. It tastes so good. I actually I drink it every day. I haven't gotten any.
2: Oh, because <laughs> totally I wow. took it It's nice. It's taking good. it off
0: the top, it hits his desk I first. Do. Yeah, I, I want it. some. Each scoop of AG-1 <laughs> has 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. They're like transformers that make you cool. I feel them. <laughs> <laughs> it's got less than a gram of sugar, which is the key and no tasty chemicals or artificial additives while still tasting great because it's made in new zealand and they're good people each pack costs you less than three dollars a day it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition nutrition just uh it's just one scoop and a cup of water you don't even need to drink milk you milk drinker no need for different pills no need for supplements to look out for your health athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs for with your first purchase all you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com tjm again that is athleticgreens.com tjm to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance <laughs> and yeah end an ad read with insurance <laughs> that's a sexy word thanks to manscape for sponsoring today's sexy episode, Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0 is designed to keep your family jewels safe with their ceramic blades featuring skin safe tech to reduce nicks and cuts. Leave the cables at home with its new wireless charging system that is compatible with most cheap charging pads. It's cordless, it's waterproof, it gets 90 minutes of use on a full charge in case you got a giant bush and you need them minutes. Head to slash TJM20
2: and get 20% off. And free shipping today. Are you insured against nicks and cuts? Insured? Did you? you? Nicks and cuts? Uh, whoa. So Editor put, put a subtitle that says cuts. Yeah, cuts.
0: Strong entry into the podcast, Bell. All right, let's talk about
1: this. This damn movie. Let's start with, I think, maybe the strongest element of it, which is the character. The synopsis. Ooh. Oh, the synopsis. I gotta read the synopsis. <laughs> You're right. It's
0: a lot of James voice in a row after those ad reads. In early 1990s Los Angeles, lovable loser Jeffrey, the dude, Lebowski, is attacked in his home by two enforcers for ki- porn kingpin Jackie Treehorn, who is owed money by the wife of a different Jeffrey Lebowski. One of the goons urinates on the dude's favorite Persian rug before they realize they got the wrong man and leave. Advised by his bowling partners, Walter, And Donnie, the dude visits wealthy philanthropist Jeffrey Big Lebowski, demanding compensation for the rug. Soon after this, Big Lebowski's wife, Bunny, is apparently kidnapped, and Lebowski hires the dude to deliver the requested ransom money $1 million. That night, a different pair of thugs ambush the dude, taking his replacement rug on behalf of Lebowski's daughter, Maud, who has a sentimental attachment to it. Convinced that bunny kidnapped herself, Walter concocts a scheme to keep the ransom money by substituting it with a briefcase full of his dirty drawers. Um, but they leave the real ransom money in the trunk of the dude's car while the bowler's bowl, the car <laughs> is stolen from the parking lot. Shortly afterward, the dude is confronted by Lebowski, who hands him an envelope from the kidnappers containing a severed toe implied to be from bunny revealing bunny is one of treehorns actresses and lovers Maud agrees that bunny staged her own abduction and asked the dude for help to recover the money which her father actually legally stole from the family's foundation later the dude is separately confronted for his failure to deliver the ransom by both lebowski and a trio of german nihilists who identify themselves as the kidnappers where's the money lebowski <laughs> after recovering his stolen car the dude finds homework stuff down the seat signed larry sellers walter and the dude confront larry at his father's home questioning him about the missing briefcase When he's unresponsive walter bashes a new sports car parked outside thinking the teen has used the money to buy it but the car's actual owner a neighbor appears and retaliates by bashing the dude's car mistaking it for walter's later that night the dude is abducted by jackie treehorn's thugs which culminates in a drug-induced music video dream soon after bunny can be seen driving by in her car revealing that she was never kidnapped at all in a post-coital conversation, which is the fav- my favorite kind of conversation, Maude reveals that Big Lebowski has no money of his own. His wealth came from her late mother. The dude and Walter go to confront Lebowski and find that Bunny has returned, having simply gone out of town without telling anyone. The dude explains that Bunny's nihilist friends had taken the opportunity to try and blackmail Lebowski, who, in turn, had taken the opportunity to embezzle money from the family charity, blaming his disappearance on the blackmailers. The, you got all that? The briefcase given to the dude never contained any money, an enraged Walter insists that Lebowski is faking his paralysis and lifts him out of his wheelchair, <laughs> but discovers Lebowski is actually, is in fact paranoid, uh, paralyzed. In a final confrontation outside the bowling alley, the Nihilists set the dude's car on fire and demand the ransom money. Walter valiantly fights them off, but during the altercation, Donnie dies from a heart attack. And then they spread the ashes and it gets blown all over Lebowski. And <laughs> that's basically it. They hug it out. That's it's, so good.
1: That ending is perfect, though. <laughs> Yeah. How many gifts come out of this movie? So many. At so least that many. one. Yeah. You're out of your element, Donnie. Mm-hmm. This Means. is very quotable. The Great. bowling ball cleaning. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah the <laughs> Jesus. Jesus? Yeah. Is there ever is there ever like a final catharsis on the Jesus? Well, he got his own movie. What? There's a John Turturro uh, directed and wrote a movie called The Jesus Rolls or Roll with the Jesus or something like that. Did it ever come out? It came out. Apparently, it's absolute trash, like 4.4 Ooh. on IMDb. Level, level terrible. Out of five? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'd never heard of that that's crazy yeah i remember before i came out seeing a trailer for it and i was like oh, that's weird it's like based on like a french novel like it's about like uh like a trio like a love triangle kind of thing like very sexual driven thing. yeah it's how he got onto the sexual predators list
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love when he ha- he has to go door to door and like notify the neighborhood and they just show that guy who answers the door and they that cuts back to him and they just end the scene there. (laughs) That's just enough. Mm -hmm. Enough to get your imagination running. Yes,
2: (laughs) yes, Yeah. This is a, like I said earlier, a weird movie. So I'd seen it once before when I was in high school, uh, because my then girlfriend loved this movie. So I was like, yeah, it's pretty funny, but I'd never really got it. And then rewatching it now, I got it a lot more. And like, man, the dude is an icon.
0: For sure,
2: on. Yeah, when you compared it to like Hot Rod and Anchorman, I was
0: just like raising an eyebrow because to me, those movies are funny to like 16-year-olds plus, whereas this is just not really going to be... Like, it's going to be way more funny to 26-year-olds plus. No. Maybe. I feel is, like, like my more, sister would hate
2: this. I, I have a 16-year-old sister. She would just... I'm she thinking more gone. the way that it affects people's speech like in that friend group or whatever. Like, I quote this all the time, and there was things that I didn't even... Like, no, I did like, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. And I was like, oh, that's why I've, I've been saying that for years. That's from this. Or, you know, that's just like your opinion, man. And like, there's so many things where it's like really infiltrated how people speak and act mm-hmm. and everything like that. And you don't really realize that it's like, oh, it's from
1: this movie. Well, I think it's so cool that the dude is such an icon, but he's such a anti-protagonist. Like he has zero proactivity. Like he's literally tumbleweed being blown around by mm-hmm. all the different forces in this movie, just like letting things happen. And that's such a bad writing thing but yeah. it's like they, they utilize that and make such an incredible movie around yeah I actually character. think
0: he's a an, quote unquote iconic character a mm. character who's not meant to change like James Bond or Han Solo or something because mm-hmm. um, he doesn't change in this movie it's like they're <laughs> trying to get him to change and he just won't no he's uh, set in his ways because like the whole plot takes off because he listens to the advice of Walter because yep. what his default position is is to just
2: chill Just uh, he's like be... he wouldn't replace my rug I took a rug it's over. We're done.
0: Well, no, he was done before
2: that. He wasn't even gonna go oh, over right, there. Yeah, Walter cause...
0: was like, "You need to go and confront the big Lebowski." Um, he was just gonna chill, like, cause that's his whole thing?" He's just like, he's like one of those lazy people. It's like if the whole world was one it was him, there wouldn't be cell phones, there wouldn't be electricity. No, yeah. we'd just survive eating coconuts, laying on hammocks, like, and be fine. Yeah, we'd be
1: fine. Well, the way they 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 characterize him so well with the little things, like writing a sixty nine cent check for his milk because mm-hmm. he doesn't have money. Like, oh, I just love he it. He even
2: post dates it. Yeah. <laughs> the scene with George Bush doing the live announcement is from like, uh, whatever year. And the check is dated to the year afterwards. I was like, oh, he post dated a Is that year time. on screen on the uh, news? Like when it shows the news uh, I broadcast? can't recall. I remember looking it up and being like, oh, that's, that's really funny so that funny. he uses yeah. checks. And it was like, I was on Amazon Prime, it'll like show you little facts. Mm. Uh, and it was like, oh, the check is post dated by a year. I that's was funny. like, oh. No. But I don't know, I feel like that's more work is to carry on checks and write them out, but uh, I did, well, everyone I did had like Well, che- everyone had checks back then. Mm, I was like, oh, maybe that just means he doesn't have to bring a wallet because he's just a, a peak laziness, not even have 60 cents or a dollar with you. year. You're like, I'm just going to write a check. <laughs> I love how he just dodges the question of whether or not he's
1: employed at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, it is immaterial, but... But I like that his chillness is kind of his weapon. Like he, when he gets yelled at by the Big Lebowski... And he goes out, and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, "Well, what did he say?" He's like, he "Said take any rug in the house." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, "Yeah, he's, he's smart and he's with it, but he's just his chillness allow like, disarms people in a way that allows him to get away with so much."
0: Yeah, he's a weird mix. He's not like a caricature of of slacker laziness. He still has this like bravado and is outgoing. Like even when he's walking out of the mansion with a Philip Seymour Hoffman character, and he spots Bunny. He just like stops in his track and puts on his like <laughs> nicest smile and walk and just like approaches her. just goes on her toes. I just have to go talk to this attractive woman over here. Um, so he's not just like I don't know for some reason that fact augmented
2: this augments the stereotype. It doesn't fit to the stereotype to
0: me, and mm-hmm. maybe it does yeah. to other
2: people. But see, that's why I feel like it. It felt like a sitcom to me is because all the characters, I mean, except for Donnie, rest in peace, are like the <laughs> same place as where they started. Yeah, like it's like they couldn't have. Uh, a lot of movies or whatever, when it's based on TV show or like really important episodes, you know, kind of feel like they fizzle out because it has to end back to where the show can continue going at the yeah. end. So I was like, oh, okay. This is like what feels like almost like a Seinfeld episode, which a show about nothing. You're just like watching a movie and you're like, okay, those things happened. Nobody grew, nothing changed. And we're back to the start. To yeah,
0: go the because throughout season. the whole movie, you're kind of like, why does he hang out with Donnie? Like, no. or not Donnie? Walter. Walter. I'd yeah. I'd hang out with Donnie. Walter. Walter is just such an <laughs> asshole. You're like he's pulling a gun on Smokey. Was so offside. Yeah. And he's just getting him to so much trouble. He's just, he's so insufferable. He just waits to talk. He's a dick. But then, so if the movie didn't end like with them hugging and kind of resetting back and, and seeing the dude and and uh, Walter Walter as like a yin and yang then the rest of the movie wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm.
2: I did like your offside pun, by the way. Pulling a gun on Smokey offside because <laughs> oh, <laughs> he crossed yeah. the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Intentional. Yeah, but uh, I agree. And I feel like part of it could be, again, that uh, the dude is just so chill that Walter wants to hang out with him. He's Therefore, no. he's going to accept it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I like your your idea of it being kind of a sitcom in the sense that they're, each character is so far out and so clearly defined that you really could make a whole TV show about the dynamics because it's just so everyone just rubs and like moves together so differently and it's so interesting just like the natural situational comedy that's coming out of yeah. just like the people talking. They do not belong together. None no of character <laughs> in a scene together
0: would ever be in a room together. No. Ever. Like, like they- the sil Philip. The Philip Hoffman, <laughs> oh, so close. The Philip Seymour Hoffman character would never talk to Lebowski. Like no. the way he carries himself, and he's like such a sycophant, and oh and he, he's just like so doggedly loyal to the big Lebowski. Him interacting with Lebowski,
1: or even him and and Bunny. Like the yeah. scene where he's mm-hmm. like, "I'll suck your cock and for a he's thousand dollars." <laughs> He, he can't so watch and he pays $100. All he can
0: do is smile harder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So funny. Yeah. Oh so my God. Good. And then, like, the two Lebowskis are probably the epitome of that. Yeah. They're just miles apart from each other. The dude and bunny, even. Yeah. It's like, how's a woman like that going to talk to a guy like this? Yeah but he approaches her still. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's got a nice smile. He can do, I feel like he can do it.
1: He's yeah. like Jeff awesome. he killed it. Jeff Bridges he's so charming.
2: Yeah, he's so I, charming. I was infatuated from the start. I was like, dang, this guy's cool. And it's funny cause I looked up afterwards. It's like all the clothes he wears in the entire movie
1: are his own clothes. <laughs> I'm like, oh no wonder it like fits perfectly. It like is, it feels like the, the dude good. is a real guy. There couldn't be better casting. Like it's like, that just is Jeff Bridges. I feel like every role since the Big Lebowski he's just, he's kind of just been, mm-hmm. been that, that vibe. What are, the, what are his other noteworthy roles? Tron, oh yeah.
2: What?
0: But he's he's also like evil.
1: Yeah, I was that Bowski ish No, no. no. Well, the 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 not robot version of that character is more. Not R.I.P.D. What else? I don't know. This is the
2: research section of the podcast. Yeah. yeah, His next movie is called
1: (laughs) The Old Man.
2: (laughs) Hey, that's he does really well in that one. He's like the same character. Um,
0: yeah, he's got that kind of like intimidating, paternal kind of vibe, like a big forehead type of actor.
1: Iron Man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, oh True Grit. Yeah, the, okay, not quite the big Lebowski guy vibe, but I feel, I feel like it unlocked a new era of his career. But maybe it's I didn't know his stuff.
0: Man, stare, man who stared goats
1: was probably yeah ish Haven't seen that one though, but I
0: guess. Yeah, no, we got to do more Coen mm-hmm. Brother movies. I know we've barely done any. We've done um, uh, No Country for Old Men, and I. Is that it. Yep. It's a... funny. I,
1: I find this reminds me of No Country for Old Men in the sense like, No Country for Old Men's kind of nihilist, where it's like nothing matters or is no connection to anything. And this is more absurdist in the sense that, like, nothing matters, just live in the moment, live in the, the joy. And, like, that's why the dude is so emblematic of this idea. Like, there's a whole religion called, like, dudism. And you can like, you can see why it's like yeah, his, li- his dude saints. he's such a, <laughs> he's such a loser. And when you look objectively at his life, like his toilet, I, I really noticed at this time, how fucking disgusting his bathroom mm-hmm. is, but you're like, I don't care. He's so cool. Then you're like the way he's living his life. He seems like genuinely kind of happy. And like, yeah, I actually would have described
0: him as nihilistic if the movie hadn't spent so much time yeah, making, fun of oh, so making fun of the entire movie. It's not fair. <laughs> so what about him? makes him not a nihilist. Like, cause he kind of, he seems like he is different from Walter and that like Walter cares about order and rules and is like a patriot and he wants to, the world should be a certain way. Even though he's living in the past, he still thinks it should be that way. Whereas the dude is more like whatever the way the world wants to be, that's up to the world. I'm going to be standing outside of it Mm -hmm. and just kind of existing how uh, through it like kind of just like I'm liquid and I'll run on whatever gutters the world
2: constructs. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and he smokes a lot of weed yeah
0: well I feel like (laughs) he's just gonna
1: get away with whatever he can get away with he's like just like a bottom feeder I feel like the movie goes out of its way to make him feel out of place and feel like everything in this movie is sort of out of place like the opening is a shot of tumbleweed rolling through the city and it's like western music and it's western font and then it like pans up and it's like 90s LA and you're like Mm -hmm. okay and then it's about this like it's this film war with this weird stoner dude and it's like it's absurd so it feels like that there is no reason to everything but it all feels like it's just like nothing in life has its place and you can't know for sure but it's yeah I I don't know I guess it's an intangible element that makes it but he's also presented as a
0: man who's like perfect for his time yeah like he's just his beliefs and behaviors and approach are just designed to just slot perfectly into this world. That's fair. Even though he's he's counterculture, He he doesn't uh, walk in step with
1: what you're supposed to do in life. You know, he doesn't go to college and work nine to five and build a family. He he doesn't do any of that. I like that they have the Big Lebowski to be the comparison where it's like in a lot of senses, that's like the proper way to live your life. You know, like he's successful. He's all, all these things, but really he's it's so empty. Whereas Lebowski has such a small space on this planet, but he fills it so like full of richness. Yeah, I think it's cool. He's like a hobbit. He's like he has his little hobbit hole that he just hangs
0: out in and smokes his pipe from, and he
1: doesn't care about the world of big men. He drinks those white Russians. I remember, I remember having a phase of drinking only white Russians because I thought it was so cool. Uh, <laughs> I've never had one. That I probably never will. It's good. It's good. You got to put a little more uh, Kalua <laughs> almond milk. <laughs> we should have had one on this podcast. Like, yeah. Oh, that'd be good. But uh, yeah, you got to put a little extra Kalua more than more than the recipe calls for, <laughs> or else it's just creamy vodka with a little bit of coffee. That's not fun. Interesting that will put double the Kolua. Do you think that like we find out that the big Lebowski
0: is like morally bereft like he has no money He's not who he claims to be he's a liar And he also was trying to embezzle funds from this foundation that his own daughter uh, yeah. Like co-owns and also totally sacrifice this other man like mm-hmm. throw this other man under the bus. Yeah, so then the dude then naturally ha is the moral character you can't tell on the surface, but deep down he is principled and is, you know, someone you should look up to. But do we actually have evidence of that
1: other that, than just liking him? I don't think so. I feel like he's a pretty neutral character. I don't think he does anything outside of himself to help other people. Like I feel like the most generous thing he does, but even this you could tie to being selfish, is show up at his landlord's dance recital with his friends that's pretty nice it's nice but it's also like he his landlord's kind of just like letting him live there so it's kind of the least he could do you know yeah and he pays rent late and stuff like that i
0: don't know man i think i get the i get the sense that when they're characterizing dude in that early part of the movie when that sorry character knocks on his door and asks him to go to his like interpretive dance recital and the dude's just (laughs) like i'll be there i think that's meant to endear us to him that's right and the fact that that he does show up because yeah you're
1: right in a different stoner movie he wouldn't show up and he'd be like oh sorry man i'm really messed up sorry he wasn't lying to him no he wasn't lying and he he actually followed through which is the the opposite he's got nothing else to do and i think he's only doing it because he knows that it means a lot to him and it's nice
0: that
2: he actually
1: brought his friends too like it's like that's actually a a and he was nice
2: to the stranger when he was talking to him in the bar and like he he does genuinely just seem to be a nice guy he cared about the stuff with donnie and was like you know, don't get so angry at the the mortician and stuff like that. Like he seems to be like know what's yeah. right and wrong. He and may not care, but he, he still also wants to be
0: doesn't want to do the things that. Why can't yeah, I? He Walter wanted to give wants him the million do. dollars. Yeah, he doesn't like want to like screw around like Walter does, and he, he's not like entitled like Walter. Kind of always justifies these things, like finds a way that he's owed. Mm-hmm. But but Lebowski wants nothing to do with that. The
1: dude wants nothing to do with that. No. So I guess I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think so too. I think. I'll give him the moral high ground. Certainly over the other Lebowski. Yeah. Certainly over most characters in this movie. I do love Mode though. Maud, I guess you would they say. Yeah. She's. I love the introduction to her as well. When she's kind of like walking into she's this dark door There's just weird, like, her, yeah. <laughs> 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 she's naked Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. Her her voice that she does in this movie is fantastic. That I don't like. Know. Audrey Hepburn kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> freaking Professor Lupin when he's just like laughing. Is that the guy
0: in the chair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
1: that guy was very. She answers
0: the phone. They just start sp- La- speaking Spanish. Que ridículo! God, that's that's a weird scene. That this movie's chaotic like that. Similar, yeah. That's why it's kind of similar to, in another way to Pulp Fiction. Not only being like '90s movies that like, take place at the same time, they're also they're both chaotic where you go from, you know. Oh, it's a car chase. And then suddenly we're in this pawn shop and getting butt raped. Yep. It's like, how is this? Ha- how do we get to here? This movie has that quality as yep. well, but didn't have to have this non chronological chopped up presentation
2: to get there. It actually just constructed a, a straightforward <laughs> narrative that's
0: that wacky. Yep.
2: Yeah. That's what's so hard to talk about this movie because it feels like it's chopped up, but it's just like each scene is so unique and stand out like from the start with the visceral violence and the milk going everywhere and the the pissing on the rug which i think is mm. hilarious because i was like man if i was a thug that would be my calling card a <laughs> oh, like, like, little bit of so <laughs> a little funny. bit of insult of like i'm just gonna piss on your floor i oh. <laughs> it's just like oh and then they're really mad about it and he's like whoa 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 we don't say china man though that's, yeah, that's yeah, disrespectful yeah, yeah. Whoa, and they just yeah, like, keep Walter. going And i'm like this yeah. is so funny oh, man don't you think that pew would splash on your shoes though Probably just pee far enough. Whatever he doesn't. He's got a pee- stronger pee- flow, he bro. He's right there, it's
1: Like <laughs> right in front of his toes. Yeah. I just love how the dude responds. He's like being It's like put in the toilet, and he's like, "Where's the money, Lebowski?" And he's like, oh, "It's down, it's down there. Just I, give me, put me down, yeah, like, I Get another, another look. look." That's yeah. one of his first lines in the film, <laughs> it's too. It's so it yeah. funny. That's
0: like the first line that made me kind of like cock my head side. So I was like, "Oh, this character's like different than I would think." He's not. Again, this goes to the, the, his whole bravado when he's like approaches Bunny. It's like he's not like a sniveling like coward kind of like path of least resistance character. No. He's like continually trying to uh, fight against authority, even when he's when he meets the the demon Sil- character. <laughs> and and uh he, they're going over all those different plaques, and he just keeps touching that one, and he just tells him <laughs> not to touch <laughs> but it, he just keeps and then them. as soon as he tells him that, he does one more little touch before walking away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just has to yeah. stand up to authority
1: at every sense well, all I the didn't, time. Well, I didn't pick up that like when he's talking to Mode after sex, Mod, How do they say it in this movie? Um, he's like, oh, I was one of the Seattle Seven, like, and I was like, oh, that's like a real thing. Like He incited riots and was like part of a real counterculture thing or at least like certainly the character uh and I thought that was interesting that they kind of gave him more m- like a bigger role in the world that mm-hmm. he's sort of backed away from and I think that characterizes him in an interesting way where like if he felt like it made sense he would totally step forward again and be b- this bigger character but he's just kind of happy mm-hmm. to be in the background. Yeah, and he
0: also uh, says he co-authored the Port Huron statement, which is oh. <laughs> which is uh I I, re- I looked that up. It's basically like this paper that these um the student society created in Michigan for like how a democratic kind of society would work. Uh, I see. W- um, without having the, um, that system that they have in the States where the electors actually vote and you mm. only vote Choose for the, the electors. electors. Um, yeah, so I guess, so he says he penned that. So, But I think the broader point of saying those things, is just other than being like a, a humorous kind of backstory is that it's also this trope of when you're young and idealistic, you do all these things and then you get older
2: and you're just like yeah. the, then you just relax. I also love it. Cause when he's, he is not great at reading, anytime he has to read something, it takes him forever. Like he's <laughs> reading the ransom note. He's like, bring the girl out. To, I'm like, what is taking him so long? And there's something else where he's reading and he's like looking at it for a long time and just like nodding. And I'm like, this man cannot read. There's no way. <laughs> I think maybe they just did that for the
0: audience's benefit. Also, he's always high. That's true. Mm. My favorite story, one of my favorite stories about this movie. Well, the oh, audience is okay. benefiting because the note is up on screen for that whole time, oh, right? That's true. And I yeah. think there's another character talking. Oh, yeah. So like, they need to give you enough time to hear what they're saying and read the note. It's
1: chaos. Just Maybe. chaos. Or I was, you can't read. Yeah, I'll we'll never know. I'm reading the same speed as Lebowski. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. One of my favorite tidbits about the making of this movie is that apparently Jeff Bridges is a very easy to direct. Like he doesn't require much maintenance. But before they shot any scene, he would just go to the Coen Brothers. He's like did the dude smoke up before the scene? That's the only question he would ask. He would play it different. And if they said yes, he would just like rub his eyes and like play it way more stoned. I think the, one of the strengths of this movie is how like authentic or how like, that's not quite the word. Maybe, sure. Authentic, every portrayal feels. Like it doesn't feel forced or like, Acty. It just feels like everyone kind of settles into mm-hmm. it. Apparently, they had weeks and weeks of rehearsal. Like they just got lucky with the timing and schedule, so they rehearsed a ton. There's no improv in this m- movie, which surprised yeah, me. Yeah, there's oh, like weird. one line. Yeah, which I would have expected. What's it the one som- line? He calls somebody a
2: parquet something. He like insults <laughs> somebody, and that's like the only line that's improv in the entire movie. Yeah. Every dude or man is all scripted. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, and he has that
0: ma- monologue that's so meandry and full of mm-hmm. gaps and stumbles. And
2: I wondered if that was scripted exactly like yeah, everything it said. Uh, I, I, I definitely agree about the characters. I really relate, relate most to Donnie. I think it's so funny. how <laughs> Every time he sits down, he bowls a strike every single time he bowls, <laughs> which I think is funny. No, there's that one that stands. So there's one at the very end, which yeah. is right before he dies. Oh, uh, but otherwise he strikes every time. And then he sits down and goes, what are we talking about? <laughs> and then we'll be like, Oh, yeah, pissing on your rug, that's bad. Mm-hmm. And, like trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on, which is something I do where it's like, I still want to be involved in the conversation yeah. even though I'm late. So I'll like just say things again. Be like, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, <laughs> just mm-hmm. get kind
1: of brought in. we we'll yeah. have a character you kind of hate and yell at him also makes you kind of like be like, hey, leave Donnie alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you're, you're so, out of your just element. a sweet boy. Yeah. He just wants to be I love friends. Him
0: so much. Yeah, because they always open on him and he's always, because he has hit a strike, you always just see him smile. Mm-hmm. So
2: like, yeah, authentically. So and He's like, always wearing these custom bowling shirts, but none of them say Donnie on it. <laughs> They're all just like random names are blank. It's That's like, okay, amazing random shirts. And then there's, of course,
0: the shut the fuck up, Donnie. You're out of your element, Donnie thing, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't make me laugh, really. It's not something I'm ever going to like quote, though a lot of people do. But one that I noticed that I thought was awesome was, it's when Donnie goes and tells him that they made the semis or something like that. And his, Walter's reflexes go to cut him off and say, shut the fuck up, Donnie. But then as (laughs) he's saying that, he's like processed what Donnie just said. So he's like, shut the fuck up, Donnie. What time do we play? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was just like such a, ah, like when writing... I don't know. You just, you have to be so in the story and so in the character
1: for a joke like that to occur to you while you're writing. Yeah. But it also Amazing. is so dependent on those performances and John Goodman fucking brings it because he's such a despicable character, but I still can't hate him. You know, like, I'm not like leaving the movie and be like, oh, I hate Walter. It's no, like, you're like, I, yeah, he's kind of crazy, but like, you know,
0: he's like an uncle that you like, don't want to be at the dinner table at <laughs> the Thanksgiving, but you also
1: just love him. Yeah. I'm like he's gonna take you to shooting range like when rain. he friggin' throws <laughs> the bowling ball at the nihilist and shit. Yeah, and like he always that was t- Flea, hey, from the <laughs> Red Hot <laughs> really? Chili Peppers. Yeah, that's Flea, and then so the woman funny. is Amy
2: Mann, who's another like famous singer songwriter. Yeah. I was like, what is going oh, on? Oh, really?
1: I think yeah. one of my favorite jokes in this movie. I, I've already said it twice, but it's um. When the nihilists are like pouting because they're not going to get the money, and they're like, "It's not fair." It's like that's nothing is fair. Totally nothing is fair if nothing means anything. Like there is no fair. I like mm-hmm. when uh, Flea gets hit with a
0: bowling ball. he's
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's down and for he, a
0: long time. Honestly, you could mistake him for that same actor uh, who played that gang member in RoboCop. You know, like oh, the main, yeah, not yeah, the yeah. boss who was Red Foreman, yeah. but like the main under yeah, the like, the
1: bald, like kind of the ball front,
0: The gas station motorcycle yeah, one with the
1: goatee. Yeah, totally I looks got it. like him.
0: But I Probably bet that sure. guy can't play bass. Probably
1: not. See you later. <laughs> yeah. I like how uh, twisty and turny this movie is. Like I, We've all seen it before, so we kind of knew where it's going to end. But I can remember the first time, like, what is fucking happening? Like, is mod evil? Is, like, who has the money? Mm-hmm. What? And then you realize, like, there is no money. And I think the movie does a really good job taking you on that journey and giving you enough information that, at the end, you don't feel like you were cheated out of, like, a real connected story. But it's it's like up until the last scene, you're like, I don't know where what's going to happen. That's true. I, I I think at one point, man,
0: today I'm just so dumb. At one point, I think I paused the movie. It was like, OK, what do we know? And I'm like trying to get caught up, really. I'm like, who? Why the nihilist, though? Yeah. Like, did, like this models? tree horn. Did he actually send them? I don't know. Yeah, well, so you, you assume that because they're funny. in his movie. But I
1: don't think they're really associated in terms of getting the money, are they? No, I don't think so. I think it's like they're disconnected and they they do it because Bunny goes away and they know. Why do they do it? Because they can get the money, but how do they know to do it? I don't remember.
2: I don't know. There's a few (laughs) things with the story where I'm like, this could have been revealed or done differently. Like I thought it was odd how they just showed Bunny driving by. I'm like, it would have been funny if maybe she got into the cab after the cab driver kicks him out. Or something mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I just wondered why they told the audience that way. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine, I guess. Or like how the dude just figures it out. I'm like, oh, he just figured out what happened. They never opened the bag of money. That's weird when they plan on stealing it.
1: I thought but, that, okay. that annoyed me. That felt like a little bit of a, a hole where I'm like, they never even bothered to open it up and look at it.
0: Yeah, know. that's kind of weird because you definitely would. Yeah. And before you can decide to steal it, you need to know that it's not like locked with a combination or something. hmm. Mm, that mm. sounds like an nitpick 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 riley rest in peace <laughs> he'll be <laughs> no back next him. Yeah. this is his kind of movie um do you think he would like this i feel like he'd either love it or hate it i think uh, he either would like it quite a bit or he would give it a positive score for sure yeah but if he was harsh on it at all i wouldn't believe him i would be like Shut up. You know, sometimes <laughs> Riley has opinions that I'm just like, you don't even believe your own opinion. Yeah. Go have a good night's sleep and watch this shit again. Yeah. This is this has Riley written all over it. Yeah. Anyways, so now we're into this section of the show. I have a hit pick related to that same scene mm-hmm. that you criticized about how she just like drives by. One thing that I think was sweet though is they want to show you that she's got her toes intact. They need to show you that somehow. Oh, wow, you so, like feet. So they show the foot shot. Pulp Fiction. It's, it's like a Tarantino movie. Yeah. <laughs> they show, the, they, they show a way... Uh, so how do they show the feet? She's driving and she's driving stick. So she needs both feet mm. to drive stick. And they, so they have, they found an activity that they, they could show both feet doing something. Yep. And in a normal car, you only use the right foot and your other foot would just be sitting there. But because it's sticks, she uses the left on the clutch and the right on the accelerator. And it's just as far as visuals go and like visual storytelling, we need to show both feet, all the toes on the feet, the feet should be active. That's just a great way to do it. Yep. So that's way better at getting in a cab. I guess she'd so. be like perfect. Yes, I mean, her
2: Roman sandals. Her uh, license plate is Lupin, which is
1: rabbit in French. Oh. Her name is Bunny. Mm. Oh. Lupin. Lupin. I, uh... <laughs> this is like not really a, a nitpick for that scene, but I think her her pinky toe doesn't have like a toenail or something. I can't, I can't see it. Like it's so I, every time I watch, it, I'm like, wait, was it her toe? And is I'm that like, a
0: hammer toe or something? Yeah, it's just that's like.
1: I don't know, like it just disappeared. Maybe it was just the lighting, but her right <laughs> pinky toe, I was like, there is no nail. So like, did they, I
0: don't know. But there's not. no toe there. What's the deal with when they reveal the person whose toe was actually severed? She's wearing a cowboy boot that's had the toe cut off. Like, yeah, so the it, top of the... So it, it could breathe or so it wasn't so cramped in there. Maybe. Like she couldn't just choose sandals. Like what's the deal mm. with that?
1: Why a cowboy boot? Maybe that's all they had. Maybe they're poor. They, they, that's why they need the money. Yeah, that's why they need
2: money. Uh, hip 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 man when he goes when the what's the porn guy's name jackie treehorn when jackie no, treehorn's no. at the oh, phone thought... and <laughs> he's like jamming. taking notes and the dude gets up and like scrawls on it oh. like, dude, <laughs> dude with a hard dick i was dying i was like i don't remember this at all and he just sits back down it doesn't impact the movie at all he just like takes this picture it yeah. has it so what's the du- yeah and then the dude like
0: sits back down and tries to look cool yeah you can tell he looks kind of stiff yeah uh, so what's the deal with that jackie treehorn <laughs> tre- treehorn like just wants an excuse to leave it's like in an american psycho when the cops about to come into bateman's office so bateman just picks up the phone pretends to be on a conversation yeah. like with a tailor or something got it call you back all right and then hangs yeah. up now i look important before this meeting so like did, oh is that when he drugged the drink is that why he left
1: I thought. I think he
0: had he the drink before. It before. He right? wanted time for the drink, the drug Maybe. to take hold. I'm not sure to not get sure.
2: somebody because it gets people in. I don't know. Yeah, that is
1: a great. But either drug. It's way, it's probably the very easily was answered. So answered. funny. Yeah. yeah, that was. Hilarious. I also, my hypic for me is I like the dream sequences. The first time yeah. I watched the movie, I thought they were kind of like annoying and like they broke up the pacing too much. But the more I see this movie, the more I love every single. That one. second
0: one's pretty long. It is. Beautiful. It's pretty big. Like, what does it mean? They spent like probably a quarter of their budget on that. Yeah. It, I I just like the Nihilus and the
2: red suits with the scissors. It's also the only time we see the dude bowl.
1: Yeah, it's true.
2: In his dream sequence. That's like an IMDb trivia thing, isn't it? Um, I'm not going to lie. The ex girlfriend that liked the Big Lebowski, I texted her and was like, do you have interesting facts about the Big Lebowski? Hit me up. I need to input them into my notes so I look uh, so wicked smart. And you're like, you up? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you up? I got <laughs> Big Lebowski, Lebowski questions. My,
1: uh, I think my favorite moment in the dream sequences is when it's all the women in the skirts or whatever, and he's like bowling. He's he has the bowling ball through them, and he like rotates around and looks up their skirts, and the face, his <laughs> fa- face of pure joy is just like. <laughs> oh I love it why does he just listen to bowling alley sounds oh
2: yeah no tape, it was the tape it was the tape from his previous like finals oh right right, right, right. you yeah, was can champion. see that written on the on but the I, tape. I can't imagine dropping acid and being like I'm losing my bowling playoffs <laughs> how do you know he dropped acid because uh, there was a thing in the same note because uh, I remember looking up um, Jeff Bridges in the movie and how he would rub his eyes because he'd ask if he was on acid or smoking weed oh. Uh, oh. otherwise yeah it's pretty much just weed but it, also weed does not make you Think you're flying. Yeah. No. And then. I don't know. Oh. Edibles could maybe. Yo. Didn't hook that. me up. <laughs> Let's find <laughs> it He's out. He's laying there <laughs>
0: listening to that track and his hand is kind of doing these phantom bowl, mm-hmm. like muscle memories too.
1: <laughs> awesome. Shout out to the Fantastic uh, Soundtrack. Soundtrack for this movie is like a 10 out of 10 for me.
0: Except I wish they had used a second song. They used that one song uh, in two sequences. What's that main song? It's like the song they play in the opening credits.
1: La, 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 la. And then they show it
0: again during the first la, wacky dreams se- sequence. Hmm. Doesn't even bother me in a bit. Yeah, it's that I dumb. notice. Uh God, what's that guy's name? <laughs> Sings that song. Times they are changing guy. Oh my god. Bob Dylan? I'm yes. That's his song. That's is his not, song? Oh maybe. Is it not? I don't know. I just The Man song. in Me is what it's called, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty I, uh, dumb today. You're fine. It man. is that is that is. See, it. you're smart. I'm mm-hmm. so smart. So smart. So smart. Just slow. I just. I'm uh, the dude. <laughs> well,
1: what, they, well, but, what the audience doesn't know is that we smoked a huge j right mm. before starting the film. I wish. One day. One day. uh Hit pick Sam
2: Elliott. Yes. Man, Sam Elliott's awesome. His voice and narrating. los Angeles. Uh, just like <laughs> what he Angeles. pronounces. What do you pronounce so weird?
1: What do you think's the purpose of like? The having him next to that character's to name it. is the stranger. yeah. Right? So it's like clearly there's meant to be like kind of not mere images but like parallel universe versions of each other or some okay kind of connection. What do you think like is the purpose of having them side I by side? I did not get it.
2: And it, like him talking to the camera at the end, I'm like, I don't get what's happening here. It's just quirky, it's, it's is, very like, weird. Like, because he starts
0: off as just a disembodied narrator and then he's in the movie suddenly, it's kind of weird and meta and like rule breaking almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things, kind of, um, when it's unexplained. Sometimes it's like a movie is happening inside a house and you get a view outside of a window of a whole other world that they never explain. And it just makes you go, wow, what a cool universe. Mm-hmm. This lore is so deep. The world building is so great because they're not telling me anything. Yeah. Kind of has that effect. Yep. You're Like, who the hell is this guy? Does he have his own movie? Yeah. Is it better than the Jesus movie? <laughs> we I, don't know.
1: I'd watch a stranger movie. Uh, probably not, actually. <laughs> small, small amounts is perfect. Yeah. I love having him in the movie, though. Can't even see his upper lip. Nope, <laughs> gone by mustache. You gotta cuss so much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I Love that. Yeah, and he does. He says uh, "fuck" 292 times. Oh, <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of times. That's a lot of fucks. They're pretty gentle fucks.
0: Some, yeah, they're not angry fucks. But even when they are angry, he, it's like he's
1: he's like a compassionately angry person. Wait, is that 200 times just him, or is that in the movie in general? I believe it's how many times it's used in the movie. Okay, yeah. You don't know. Yeah, very better text
2: reacts. <laughs> uh, he because he says like fuck man a lot like a lot of it's just like exasperation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He does get increasingly exasperated in this movie. Yeah, he's Start, just exhausted. Yeah, he like
0: starts to make mistakes. Like he's I didn't actually find him very compelling. Um, at the at the end, like when he's with Treehorn and he's giving, or was it when he's with the cop? He's he's with the cop and he's trying to give his like grand theory of what's going on. It's oh, just so incomprehensible. I think that's got to be like the darkest hour for the yeah. character. It's like, man, you really are just one of those scumbags who don't make any sense.
2: Nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah that cop scene, he he was definitely at rock bottom, but getting the cup thrown into his face and then beat up on the floor, I'm like, dang, that was that was a good throw. I was really impressed by like the <laughs> sheer velocity getting hit with that cup. <laughs> Man, he gets hit in the face
0: too many times. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had, I was laughing when he, when he hammers that wood into the floor and sets oh, up God. the chair. What and the then wrong? someone just opens the door the other way. <laughs> <laughs> oh and then he trips over it
2: later too like yes yeah. yeah he looks so back perfect. at it all like really so ugly nailed into the floor it was really good
1: and there's so many little details like that like uh the fact that he always makes his own drinks and the one time he doesn't it's when he gets like roofied and it's like I don't know they just everything and it's it's so subtle and that that's not necessarily a subtle thing with like the wood painting but like painting um but like it's just visual, like the, the humor is just coming in from so many different angles. And it's just like these little visual gags, mm-hmm. the, like the lines, just everything. Uh, nitpick, the dude drinks and drives. He's supposed to be cool. Yeah. Who cool guys don't drink and drive? When well, he's smoking a joint while he's driving. Yeah. Not cool. Not, Not cool. cool.
2: Distracted driving too. Uh, yeah. But an actual nitpick, there's a lot of like small production errors. Uh, oh. Like the last scene uh, with the hugging and the the ashes, which is so funny. You can like see his mic and then all of a sudden the wind noise really? just like cuts off randomly so it's just like wind noise is like oh it's okay man wind is suddenly gone you can hear them clearly uh when the guy like runs out to his car being smashed his mouth is closed but yeah, you can hear that, him screaming that bothered me, yeah. there's like one part of a conversation where all of a sudden uh his mouth is like completely out of sync and i'm like what what is going on, on? on but like that's it i feel like this movie doesn't have a ton of problems for me it's mm-hmm. just like
1: a oh, really it's a solid movie. I feel like the Cohen brothers are so good at that, of having a very good idea of the movie they want to make. And they just, they go out and make that movie perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this movie isn't for everyone. And I get when people are like, I don't really like the Big Lebowski. I'm like, you're super wrong, but like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But they just, they have a I vision. I could never love you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like you just, they, they, they are so good at executing on what they're trying to do. I wonder,
0: I found myself wondering what they were trying to do. Like what was the impetus for the whole thing? Were they thinking of like I want to do a movie that's a weird whodunit kind of convoluted kind of mystery or were they like I want this a movie around this character or like
1: what I think the dude might be based on a real person so it probably yeah, started there it is it is based on a real person uh, I, I feel like the Coen brothers are the kind of writers that give themselves exercises in the sense that like they wrote this movie like with all these absurd ideas but they're like how do we make like an anti-movie how do we make a movie that like has a protagonist that is the opposite of proactive and like how do we make that work? But then they also want to give shout outs to film war that they like and like all their movies have always had elements of film war. Um, and so they want to like remix that and make it work in this w- weird universe. But like they just I feel like they they kind of purposely set themselves a challenge and then they just follow through. Like it, it feels like it's very intentional to have the movie be kind of weird and un- unorthodox. It'd
2: mm-hmm. be cool to have a writing partner like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking through their filmography, and it's all so unique. What? They did Bad Santa? They were probably producers on it or something. That movie
0: rules. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Uh,
2: Because it's funny. When uh, we were talking about what movie do this week, I said, we should do Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? So I thought it was funny how we did The Big Lebowski because I was like, oh, it's just another
0: well, that's Come because room, I baby. said what you said to David and we were both like, nah. How about another one by them?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to see Oh Brother. I've never even seen it's it. It's good. It is, again, one of those things where it is executed so perfectly, yeah. but like how or why? Like, yeah. it's just like this and I think it's so interesting how it seems to be their thing where they just get an idea and they go full out into it and usually, I mean, if you like that movie, it's executed perfectly. Like, yeah. when I think of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It's like a movie for me. Like, mm-hmm. that's like a 9 or a 10 for me and I can't Think about why, but it just does everything it's trying to do so perfectly, and it's the same thing with this movie. I probably wouldn't recommend it to people, but I think it's a near perfect movie for what it's trying to achieve. Mm. Well, it's, I,
0: I love Fargo as well. I and think Fargo's my actually favorite. had a hit pick in this movie because uh that one cop who's in Lebowski's living room. Oh yeah, when he's reporting his car being stolen, I feel like that car- cop was from Fargo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's so
0: friendly. He's like such a dork. He's like totally into like just by the book, doing the job.
1: And he's like, okay then. Oh, Keaton. Well, I love too, that he's not like a normal cop in a movie where he's like cynical and doesn't believe him. He's actually like genuinely trying to get the information out <laughs> yeah, of him. Yeah. They've he's got like, plenty of those cops. What problem too. solved. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. I thought it was interesting because they started writing this movie and they took a break and then did Fargo and then finished this movie and released it. Mm. So I wonder if there was any crossover there where they're just like in that mindset of like yeah. funny quirky. Cop. Or maybe they just wanted some kind of little holdover. Some kind of, this is the same universe. Mm-hmm. We should do Fargo. I fucking love that
0: movie. It's great. Yeah. Never what? seen it, but go for it. You really? Seen Fargo? Oh, no, you so have my good. blessing to do this. We should thing. have a dual <laughs> uh, episode where you watch Fargo, we watch Old Brother. Two movies, one episode. Oh, two episodes in one week? Sure. In Edmonton? <laughs> Live! <laughs> Coming you from Rexall Center. I,
1: I feel like I I enjoy this era of Coen Brothers movies much more than the later stuff. Like True gets pretty good, but Inside Lou Davis did nothing for me. Hail Caesar kind of sucked. Ballad of Buster Scruggs had a couple decent stories. Yeah, yeah.
0: I pieced out of that one too. Yeah, there was like a, okay.
1: yeah, was a couple fun like okay stories, but I, I don't like anthology movies that much usually. Like Sin City, it's like there's a couple good stories, but then there's always the like me. Couple stinkers. Couple stinkers. <laughs> also, that movie is not aged. What, Sin well, City? I don't want to. It's rough to watch. Just keep
2: it in your memory. I'll keep it in the memory. It was so good at the time. I just saw the dancing Jessica Alba scene for uh, reasons. Otherwise, I'm never going <laughs> watch yeah, the movie. Yeah, right plot. after A Girl's Gone Wild and Extends commercial. <laughs> jump over to Sin City. Um, the only other hit pick I have, the handoff scene where they try to throw the ringer bag i think is so funny when he jumps out of the car and the uzi just starts going <laughs> off i was like holy that is the funniest thing i've ever seen just for it to go so wrong yep so so wrong yeah the movie's just great well what else you, uh, you want to press those buttons for other
1: segments i didn't prepare anything uh no I, I didn't really watch much else this week i was too busy it was a long weekend mm. went to wreck yesterday i was, I was oh, like at 5 nice. p.m i was like oh, i should have invited james but, uh, I wasn't
0: around anyways. Oh, yeah. I was driving perfect Wreck Beach is a nude beach guys yep. it's at UBC mm-hmm. it's dope it's pretty fucking sweet nice you go there I've seen the tan lines
1: yeah it's true
0: <laughs> oh, we very have... even tan
1: except for a necklace
0: <laughs> a long <laughs> my chain my gold chain <laughs> yeah. I feel like
1: I want to take a second and just appreciate the Jesus a little bit more I feel oh like we, yeah we need some time did, for yeah. that we didn't uh, John Turturro is just the way he moves his body mm. like a question mark yeah he's an interesting <laughs> fellow nobody fucks with the Jesus yeah.
2: And his bowling partner, who's just like so silent and like <laughs> happy to be there. And apparently, he's like an actual professional bowler. So, I he looks like a right. professional. That really bowler. makes my heart sore because he's shown
0: in the montage, the bowling opening credits kind of montage. He the one that's like. Yeah, and the celly he does <laughs> when he gets, he like twists his hips and pumps his fist like yep.
1: in such a fat guy way. I just, no. I love it. Actually, that was one of my hit picks was that dance. I fucking love that dance. Does this
0: movie have two opening credits?
1: It has a fake second mm-hmm. opening credits, like in the dream, where it's like uh, Jackie Treehorn presents the Big Lebowski or whatever, and it's like part of his dream. There's titles, hmm.
0: but there's also when the uh, Sam Elliott character is narrating. There's names coming up on screen, then some movie happens, and then the bowling montage has it's like an actual opening credits. I guess so. That it doesn't even click for me,
1: huh? Hmm.
0: Is I can't even tell you if that's uncommon or not. Like, it's for, not that's for, not for the era.
1: It's a it's a great movie.
0: Whatever. Whatever. What do you think is the best compliment for this movie? Like a second movie, like a double feature for this
1: movie. I think Ooh. I would do like Fargo and this. I think it would be a fun a double Cohen brothers. That's a cop out. Let's go do a non-Cohen okay, totally brothers. D-
0: I mean, I, I thank you for
2: choosing any movie. Thank you, David, for participating. Clerks. <laughs> it's like the it's okay. the same kind of era. It's just different people, and they are still kind of nihilistic. Don't care. Hate the world. But it's like the negative version of the dude. Mm. <laughs> I would go with Dark Knight Rising. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or, or Rising, Rises. 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 Can you imagine
1: it's a different movie. Bane and then the dude. <laughs> this is the worst, <laughs> the worst pairing ever. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, put that on as the third movie of the night. Yeah, you Google this. Is this a thing? You can. I just said stoner movies, and I'm like looking at like f- noir stoners. Hmm. Well. This podcast is getting a little meandery, stonery. (laughs) You haven't even hit all the buttons
2: yet. (laughs) uh, What 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 about fan service? Ah, I'm a big fan of this show, and I want all of the segments. you have something? Yeah. All right, hit the button, David. Oh, God. (laughs) We'll we'll do Nope. That's your most recent episode, right? Yep. Uh, Like this comment from (laughs) Real... H K V. Is it real? Like R E E L? No. Oh, okay. I really messed that up. Uh, if you have a a free name change, use it. Two shows per week would be amazing. Like one, which you have seen already and a new one. One that I've seen already or one that he's seen already. (laughs) Yo, real, you, You, the reader have seen already and a new one. Hmm. That way you can talk about ones actually have experiences with and, you know, go see a new, I'd love, I'd love for us to have no responsibilities
0: except this podcast. It would Maybe be this Dreams be memes. Make I would happen. actually read the IMDb, see the movie mm-hmm. more than once. I
1: love when I have time to like, yeah, uh, do re- research. I'm like, oh, yeah. read the
0: screenplay. That's great. Oh, I could have done that with this one too. It'd be it would have been the movie. That
2: they didn't. They didn't do anything different. It would have just been the movie.
0: Yeah, but it's still even just in those, those cases. It's still nice. No, it's not the same because you get to see this the action, the stage direction, and how it's yeah
2: of like you know just the description of. Mm. What do they say? Turn on the the cap the audio captions. Yeah, so, like the ladies describing it to you. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> how do they scoffs. describe the Jesus uh, his celebration <laughs> after <laughs> doing a strike? Like how do they rhythmically descri- pumps?
0: Yeah, how yeah. do they describe his mannerisms? You want to see the bowling ball? Mm. Although they, they direct their own stuff, so they can be more sparse because it's That's like fair. they're just trying to remind themselves how yep. they want to
1: see it because they're gonna direct how they want to see it anyway. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know how they got their start? They were like they uh, basically just like crowdfunded their movie they like sent letters to a bunch of people but mostly they targeted dentists so they got like they would get dentists i like a thousand dollars to buy a share in the movie uh for blood simple which was the first movie uh and they just rate they crowdfunded they like crowdfunded before crowdfunding was a thing hmm. and then, ah, i seem to dentist. recall a podcast or something similar to that. there was like a i'm sure like I'm a group details. of dentists who were acted
2: as venture capitalists for hollywood that's awesome you know, the dentists are the most depressed occupation everyone knows that well you need to invest more into okay. movies i'm sorry I'm sorry to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Didn't know your dad was a dentist. <laughs> <Which> I wish. <laughs> I wouldn't have this job. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be places, man. <laughs> <laughs> places with nice teeth. All, All right. right, hit the now playing button.
0: What? Oh God! I'm are taking over, man. Oh, yeah! I want to go home. Okay, what's going on? What's? What are you watching? What, what are you watching? I can't go home yet yeah, yeah i'm trying
2: to kill time so i can go i around. was
0: water skiing this weekend man i oh. didn't watch any movies what
2: yeah that's crazy. i listen to the wan show in the car that's it how are you i'm sorry I had to listen to that wan show uh that was some rough. technical issues yeah uh-oh um myself well i got my steam deck so i've been playing you have a steam deck, okay. steam deck. yeah luke uh Lafrenier gave me his pre-order so ah, got... La friend, eh? Truly, I felt honored, other than the fact that he pre-ordered the most expensive one. Uh, so that was a little hurting. In yeah, this economy? Um, but yeah, man, the Steam Deck, get one. It is better than I thought. I was playing NBA 2K22, Ooh. Uh, which is not what I would typically play, but I was like, why not? It looks amazing. Yeah. You can like see the sweat dripping off them on this tiny handheld. And you're a PC gamer typically, right? Or otherwise? Yeah, most of the time. I have, I have an Xbox Series X, but it's just like my living room console. Uh, All in. And otherwise, I've been re-watching you, the killer rom-com yeah everyone's uh, girlfriend watches that yeah that's why i started re-watching i was seeing a girl and she's like yeah i want to watch you i was like all right i I'll knew play steam deck i was uh, generalizing <laughs> just because my wife watches it but look my i wife. was right hey oh, that's so funny uh and then I the second season of upload the amazon prime exclusive uh, show It's good it's okay it's very cheesy but like when i'm not really watching i was like unpacking my new place and playing steam deck it it's totally good uh, i like future earth stuff where it's not like so far dystopic or we're in space Being able to actually picture this stuff happen, I think is really interesting to be like, oh, being able to take your memories, put them in a computer so you're an AI, you know,
1: living a life forever
2: is super interesting and the struggles that come with that, uh, I think makes for really interesting content, especially when the second season explores the uh, impact of poor people not being able to afford it and people trying to shut it down and murder people so there is no alternative to the one business that can do it. So Mm -hmm. it is kind of interesting, but it is also very, very cheesy.
1: Sometimes uh, I like cheesy, though. Which is fine. I, I don't want everything to be, like, really intense uh, and dark. Mm-hmm. They don't want to. I don't want things to always be, like, that HBO feeling where, like, everyone wants to kill themselves at every moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to have a little bit of lightheartedness and cheesiness. Because then you can just, like, filter it out. And, like, you don't have to internalize it as much. And I find TV, for me, I, I always, like it hangs like a cloud over my life. And if something's like too dark and too intense, sometimes like kind of affects me. Yeah. So I like things that are just like a little easier to handle. So Fair. I can get into it. Life is hard enough. Yeah. No, my <laughs> life is perfect. <laughs> my life is perfect. Didn't you Damn. move too? I moved. Yeah. Well, yeah. He moved in my old place. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's where you, I know where you live. Hey. <laughs> I went there once. I, and you. And I moved it's closer to here. Wow. So I, townhouse. I want to move. His address is a uh, five <laughs> 69 way. <laughs> Yo, what, what have you been playing or watching? Uh, I was pretty busy this weekend too. I'm at you. still going on the Orville. Need more friends. Uh, it's the best fucking sci-fi ever, man. It's so good. The season is phenoms. Everyone needs to watch. Phenoms. Orville. Uh, highly recommend. It's worth it. It's just fucking watch it.
2: There's... You're a big Seth MacFarlane fan. You have a Stewie tattoo.
1: <laughs> I was like, am I? Uh, I like. I like Ted. Fine. I liked Family Guy early on. It was pretty good. Uh, a million wood days of what? days to why in the West <laughs> uh, was garbage. Yeah. But uh, and he wasn't a, he's I think he's realized that he's not the best act on the show. He's gotten a lot better uh, and he's but he's kind of written himself into the background, which I, I think is good because it's allowed him to focus more on the production and directing. But they are doing some stuff there. I just want to spoil anything. They're just doing the good stuff. Watch the Orville. Someone else. Ah. Uh, the weekly watch the Orville. One I'm of these not going to yeah. stop. There's one more week. There's one more week left. I All don't right.
0: have any now playing. I've got some now readings. Tell me some now oh, readings. Sorry, that's not what we're looking for. I got uh, maybe four pages in before my kid bothered me. Um, <laughs> Green eggs and ham? On, uh, actually, across two ses- t- sessions, I got two pages each time of um, Permanent Record, which is Edward Snowden's book. Oh. Seems promising. Is it kind of like a tell-all sort of? behind this curtain i don't know yet but it's basically surveillance capitalism uh, that's a cool combination of words i don't like it i want to know more about that
1: until i don't want to know more about that <laughs> i know that's the kind of stuff that i feel like makes you so hopeless when you realize like the say. depth of how how much our life is controlled and by. the incompetence of all these
0: agencies that have all the power and data and they're just like Oh, I don't know how to... It's like the whole Hillary Clinton email server thing. Oh, I have all this power. I just, I I don't know. Do I unplug it and plug it back in? Like, I don't know (laughs) what it does or how to do it. That's what Snowden said, basically. He's like, uh, they knew the internet and data was important. So they hired me. I was 22. And then within a year, I had top secret access. And a year after that, I was in charge of everything. (laughs) That's so sick. By 26, I was aggregating the whole world's phone calls <laughs> not just americans yeah it's just that's insane. crazy so uh, looking forward to that i've also been reading the art of sauna making because i want to build a sauna and sauna i think it's sonnet and yeah, i was like, like hmm. oh we got a poet coming up yeah, in here yeah you just or end you know? with a rhyming couplet 16 lines <laughs> put a sauna at salt spring there's like this mm. derelict part of my yard there's this useless there's a table there now but there's no reason to sit at that table because i thought you to put it on your patio i'm like that's a very small sauna <laughs> no i don't want an infrared sauna they suck so, uh, yeah, I don't know how much cedar costs per foot yet. I'm going to find out and probably go, nope, and burn the, burn the book. But right now, my life is consumed with trying to figure out how to build a sauna. And for those wondering, no, I'm not that handy. <laughs> I watched a couple of YouTube videos. And it looks pretty easy, though. It's about as hard as a shed. That like, sounds challenging. But it sounds like a very dad project, project yeah. you've taken on. I believe in you. Yeah, because my family can't help me. So anything that pulls me away from them. That's a dad problem. You sure your kids can mm-hmm. help you? <laughs> I don't want them to be near me.
2: <laughs> kids when you're watching this in 20 years nah, internalize man. all this. You were annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably not wrong. Probably not wrong.
0: That's our show. <laughs> what a way to end. Tune it. in next week when Riley will be back instead of this hobo and Oh. <laughs> Just joking. We know you have a home. It's, it's new. It's my old. Home. <laughs> yeah, it's. <new. laughs> yeah. The so, bides uh, at TJM Pod. That's Twitter, and uh, hello at they'rejustmovies.com. That's email. Mission Impossible
1: yes. 4 next week.
2: I'm looking forward to it. I love Have you seen
0: Mission <laughs> <What?
1: laughs> Impossible <laughs> <laughs> show fat, up. You're I've, part of
0: the convoy. Yeah, you're going to be watching I've only
2: it seen one Mission Impossible, and I think it was not the last one, but the one before. Five? Yeah. It's pretty
1: good. Uh, six uh, is the very right He's recommend. been old for most of the franchise. Really? He looks so good, though. <laughs> God, I love those movies. Four, five, six. Bomb. Bomb! <laughs> Wouldn't you give it a 10? I don't know. We'll see i can't wait
2: I, be the best episodes
1: later. are when it's our favorite movies
0: they're the best scott pilgrim dune lord oh, sorry, of the rings those sorry. are like our oh, top episodes ones. you can tell like the listening experience is good and you can tell from the analytics mm-hmm. everybody watches them mm-hmm.
2: be there Jay. let's find out if we liked this sh- movie when we look at the <laughs> analytics in a week <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs> bye